Today's version of the ELT is a completely different animal. 20 years ago, they were just another struggling Marxist revolutionary group hiding out in the mountains. The end of the Cold War changed everything. The money from Moscow dried up, and the ELT had to find a new way to support itself. So they got into the kidnapping business, which has made them millions. What's up, Harry? This is Filmsack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Filmsack. This is Filmsack, mining the very depths of entertainment for all mankind episode what is it <laughs> I can't oh, episode cover bill yeah three <laughs> 359 the live cover thon episode we did this last year i think we did it the year before that i think so i think this and i it. just realized we didn't do our pre-show prep so good luck guys yeah good luck everybody we're winging it ah there's not too much in proof of life that we're gonna have to worry about it'll be fine <laughs> uh joining me today is brian i can't stand janice dunaway Oh, Janice! Oh, hi. Hi. Do you, you guys hear that? Yes. It's the flutey tooty music of Danny Elfman. You know what that means, don't you? That's right. We're about to watch one of them military action thrillers that takes place in the jungle. But before we do that, I'm going to need some proof of life. Mm-hmm. Maybe Scott could hold, hold up his iPad with today's fake news. <laughs> or maybe Randy could show me his hobbit feet in the latest WoW release notes. Mm. Mm. No, wait. I got it. Ibit. Find a cure for Alzheimer's while playing a cover of Van Morris's I'll Be Your Lover Too. Mm. Ah, <laughs> that's the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, that's the stuff. Also, no one talk about this movie in front of Dennis Quaid ever mm. in Infinity. <laughs> oh, I have a question about that. Okay, we'll ask it after, but I have a question about that. Because there's some confusion in my head about who was broken up with who. Questions about that too. Yeah, I got. <laughs> oh no, wait, wait, wait! Did I say Dennis Quaid? Yeah. What'd you say? You meant Randy? I meant Randy Quaid. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think Dennis Quaid is the more appropriate one, but we'll talk wait. about that. Too. Yeah. Uh, also, and speaking of Randy's, Randy, seriously, I wish Janice wasn't in this movie. Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Ever tell you boys about the time I ran a private kidnapping negotiation and rescue outfit? No, sir. Uh. Uh-uh. True story. Yep. Uh, Third World Integrated Trust. TWIT. Okay, I just realized. So anyway, to be successful in the business of saving wealthy white men with long beards, you just have to follow our three rules. Number one, never offer good faith money. You're going to need that money anyway to buy a lot of bullets. Number two, never take the kidnapper's first offer or their second or their 15th offer, or their 43rd offer, or their 71st offer. Strap in, boys. It's going to take thousands of offers before you reach an agreement. Number three, just go in with commandos and kill everyone. Apparently, in the third world countries, you can do that and just walk away. Yeehaw! Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) Yeah, that thing ended a little rough. I'm going to have to bring that up again in this uh, episode. I like the ending. Ah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Finally with us, 
the man of the hour. Brian, can someone please do something about Janice Hibbett? <laughs> uh, Uptown One, this is Downtown One. We have visual on the target. Downtown One, we have three targets, one with a red bandana next to a shed, possible cargo inside. Downtown One, this is Uptown Girl. I've been living in my Uptown world. Over. As long as anyone with hot blood can, and now I'm looking for a downtown man. Over. Uptown One, this is Downtown One. That's what I am. Over. Uptown One, going to give it to you. Oh, my God. That was great. That could make it musical. That was I, great. I, I knew that was going to be the case. I started to write that exact same thing, and I realized <laughs> I have to leave it to Brian Ibbett. No, that's too good. Yeah. Too good, man. That was perfectly uh, suited for this weird movie. The movie is Proof of Life, and it is a 2000 film starring uh, Meg Ryan, Russell Crowe, David Morse, and a few other people you may know, directed by Taylor Hackford. And uh, I didn't see it in theaters. Some of you had, I understand, right? A few of you have before. Yeah, and, and by I, the way, don't get your David Morse confused with your David Morrison. Mm, I made that mistake right. before when I said, did. oh, my God, the governor's in this. Yeah. <laughs> and I did not correct. Yeah. I just said, you did let not believe what he wants to believe. Yeah. It's totally fine. Not, not only have I never seen this movie, uh, I kind of enjoyed it. I mm. thought it was a oh. fine film. Mm. I, I didn't see it in the theater, it? but I purchased it. <laughs> Wait, you saw yeah. this later? You bought it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I purchased this for home entertainment uh, reasons, viewing. Mm. How'd that go for <laughs> you back then? I liked it then, and guess what? I like it now. Mm. All right. It's, it's desperately in need of an editor, and I think I was giving it the benefit of better editing. Mm. I think what I'm going to give it the benefit of having a pretty decent back end, but the first part of this is boring as hell. I was bored out of my mind. Um, it was trying to be like the negotiator, uh, forever rest in peace, negotiator. I'll probably never watch you again because Kevin Spacey's a creepo. It's funny when we started watching this movie and and the negotiations in the film started. I'm like, oh yeah, we should watch the negotiation. Oh. No. Yeah. I mean, we did. Anybody else also feel like it was trying to set up a series? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It felt kind of like Jack Ryan-ish, maybe something like that. Sure, sure. Which yeah. would have been about a year before 24 happened. I think. I think 24 is right. 01. Um. It's fine. It's not a, I don't, I mean, look, whatever. I can't, I can't poo poo a 17 year old movie too much. Cause again, it's 17 years old. This would have been better in other hands. Maybe a few years later. I don't know about that. I think Taylor Hackford did okay for a okay, hack. Okay. Well then in that case, I want to ask Brian Dunaway, what was the point of the film entertainment wise? Like what, <laughs> what, what kind of film is it? Right. What <laughs> kind of film is it? It's a work yeah. romance film. Weren't you watching? Oh my gosh. Really? Okay. <laughs> romance film? I love that. It's no, a work, work romance. Work romance film. All right. Romance. I watched a different movie, but okay, sure. Because <laughs> I felt like it was a thriller that didn't really know that it was a thriller. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair way to put it. I mean, I've got some fundamental problems with it, but it's mostly just Scott problems. So I'll try to explain what I mean. There was uh this jumps way ahead, but there's a scene. And I know this movie's famous for breaking up Meg Ryan and her husband, uh, Dennis Quaid. Well, technically, Meg Ryan is famous for breaking up. Yes. Ah. Ryan and Dennis Quaid. Because she she had an affair with freaking Zippy over here with uh, Russell Crowe. And they ended up together. And I get it. That's all whatever. Water under the bridge. Nobody's with Russell Crowe now. Or actually, I think, yeah, he's separated now even from his wife that he's with now. So the reason I'm bringing all that up is because toward the end of the film... We've been working pretty hard, all the characters pretty hard, at trying to figure out a way to get David Morris out of the worst mountain camp of all time. 
mm-hmm. and he it's back and forth between him and them and what everyone's trying to do to get him out. He's trying to get himself out. He's working with that really weird looking German guy to get out of there. And that's not really working out very well. And well, meanwhile, back at the home ranch, uh, you've got Russell Crowe's decided to kind of pro bono this, I guess, because he yep. feels so strongly about it. And he's got Meg Ryan there worried next to him the whole time. At one point, as he's off to go kill these guys now because they've tried everything else. So he's just going to go straight up murder everybody. He basically makes out with her for a good right. five seconds or something. There's very little setup. I mean, there's, you know, kind of a longing glance that David Caruso catches and, and you know, kind of uh, makes note of it later. But you, you see through the fact that David Caruso is paying attention to their closeness when they're looking for candles together when there's a blackout. Yeah. <laughs> but it but it does feel it's number one, totally shoehorned in there. Mm-hmm. I don't. Chip. Okay, go ahead. Uh, sure, sure. I'll let you. I'll let you say. It. Go ahead. Okay, and, <laughs> and it's completely irrelevant to the plot. Russell Crowe took the whole thing on pro bono because he believes in doing the right thing, and he's you know working really hard to get uh, uh, Peter Bowman back from the camp, and it it just feels like he he spends so much of the movie being this guy. This guy's like yes, devoted to his job and making sure that this happens, and I'm doing this for all the right reasons. And then all of a sudden it veers into this, this place that just doesn't need to veer to, right? He would, he would still go to the mountains and shoot up all the, the, um, the commie Ecuadorians, uh, to get the guy back regardless of maybe having a little crush on Meg Ryan. Right. You know, this, this, this movie to me, even though I know I, I played and said, it's this, you know, a work romance movie and that, and right. yes, there's not, there's not a whole lot of thriller action, which this, which was labeled on this movie. I do think that it is almost a little slice of life because I think really in a situation, <laughs> if you were, if you were locked up with somebody, two attractive people locked up together, working together towards one common goal for that length of time, yeah, uh, emotionally attached like they were. I, I, I find that totally believable. Uh, that no, oh, sure, sure. You're calling it a little slice of life, but anyway, uh, that's fine. It is a slice of life because this truth is truth. It's not movie is truth. Mm. Right. You know? I, I, and I agree with you. The film goes to great lengths to give everybody a reason for you to not fully root for them. Right. Like right. I, I, even David Morse's character, which should be the most sympathetic in the film. Eh, he's kind of, he kind of a jerk. Like when he starts like when he starts losing it out in the bush, you kind of don't have as much. My shirt and spoon. Yeah, you you stop having as much good feelings about it. This is the this is the same thing, by the way. I'd say about Castaway. Yeah. Anytime you show someone go a little crazy, you lose a part of the audience's esteem for them. So you have to be really careful with that. And and this movie wasn't very careful with anything. Like it it didn't carefully tend to Meg Ryan's character's uh, motives and beliefs, and she's just kind of flailing around from one scene to the next. And I just like I just feel like it could have used a better editor and just a little more attention to what the movie's about. I don't get it. Yeah. What is it about? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the movie's about? Um, I think I think it tries to tell you in the last shot. And in the last shot, you have David Caruso's just uh, told uh, Russell Crowe, "Now we're gonna, now we're gonna do great things." Hold on, did you just a- say you just said David Caruso. Hold on, there's a rule on this episode I meant to talk about pre-show. <laughs> so if you oh, said no. David Caruso, all right, I just have to play. Oh the- God, I'm not gonna yeah, say Caruso ever again. Oh, okay, okay, you did it! You did it! So, 
So Russell Crowe has just succeeded in everything. <laughs> he's found out that there's a great future. That's the sequelitis part part of the problem. Yeah. But he's just found out there's a great future, lots of adventure to come, everything's wonderful. He saved the day and he's kind of in love with somebody who just got in a truck with another person and is going to the airport. But it's not, it's not um, love. Yeah, it's yes, love yes, it is. It absolutely, I'm it sorry. Is, no, it's, it's infatuation. I'm trying to bring back to her. <laughs> right. In the truck with another person. It's it's the husband that... Right. That, that he, he, trying to read. Right. So, right. so he's feeling pain. That's, that's depicted. You're seeing him. He's got this crazy wry smile on his face as he realizes that he's, he's passed all the difficulties, but he's also created a difficulty for himself. And the film is trying to tell you the whole story in that one shot. And it's just like, hey, film, you could have given me more of what, I, what you're trying to give me in the last 10 seconds all throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Would you want to see that? Doesn't. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I could see some of that. That scene kind of reminded me because of that longing regret of going forward to follow duty. Very much reminded me of Casablanca. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, yeah. Right. So, it is I mean, a Casablanca ending. You're right. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, but you're right in the fact that they didn't make us feel like he felt that all along. It really came suddenly and uh, you know abruptly towards the end, but I was okay with it. Maybe because I already knew it was going to happen and maybe you I was like a, watching for the You should put a trump alert on that. That is a classic <laughs> Casablanca ending. You should put ending. a trump alert on that. <laughs> there you go. There's <laughs> a trump alert. You, you have you have uh, the two buddies, right? The right. redheaded one that we're not naming, and Russell Crowe, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's uh, people going to an airport. <laughs> the red one? You mean David Caruso? <laughs> you know, I can mention his name. I can say his name. Yeah, just so that's yeah. pretty. Well, that's pretty straight right up. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Good job, Brian Dunaway. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I like I, I said, I probably I actually like this movie, so I was probably looking for positive things. Well, let me ask you this: Was there how far through the film was there anything that I missed that that was trying to put these two together? And is the film a better film if um, no? Let me ask it a different way: um, Do you think that they wrote that romance between Terry and um, Alice um, because they were kind of hoping that audiences would root for the two of them ending up together? Mm. Or, oh, so Terry, Terry. Okay, so yeah, so. With, that's the, that's the idea. The whole the whole thing is to make the audience question who their allegiance is to. Uh, is I I actually liked that play because you mm-hmm. at the very end, especially when when they're rescuing uh, when they're rescuing him mm-hmm. and trying to get back, it flips and he ends up rescuing the the rescuer. So right. you you you're supposed to but feel. You kind of knew that it, was going to happen. Yeah, right, no, I mean, and you knew right at the you know as soon as. Uh, as soon as uh, Crow gives him that handgun, you know, yes. oh, let me think. I wonder if I can figure out who uh, Peter Bowman is going to shoot and going to be the only person that Peter Bowman shoots. <laughs> My big problem right. here is that nobody ever discusses or comes up again, but it's hanging in the air like a big fat elephant in the room. Him giving her that big passionate kiss and her reciprocating, by the way. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah drove yeah. me like crazy. A- I couldn't I deal with it after that. Because all I can do, I'm, I'm looking at, would... I'm looking at David Morse's face. I'm thinking, dude, if you only knew what jackasses you got were trying to get you out right. of this camp, like but it feels I so feel cheaty. They're not, it feels they're not dirt- jackasses. There, this this happens. I feel probably a lot in military families where, you know, there's yeah, they're, they're okay, worn there's, there's out a serious, over months of 
Yeah, there's a serious loyalty because you know Meg Ryan is loyal to her husband, but there's also circumstances and situations where the heart does kind of the opposite of what you would expect. And I, I, I you know, know I, I liked I liked unpacking that. I, I, I think it's way more. I think it's way more likely that that uh, Bowman starts making out with Kessler before uh, <laughs> Meg Ryan starts making out with Terry. Like, well, I guess we're going to be trapped in this shed for a while, crazy uh, white beardo man. Yeah, uh, let's right. go ahead and. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with Brian. It just felt cheaty and grody. Yeah, the movie could have been another half hour long exploring that <laughs> prison relationship. Thanks. Right, exactly. But it, the other thing that that does, that, that that little shoehorned romance thing, and I'm going to call it shoehorned. It probably, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't probably built into the script from the it, get-go. but It actually was in the original story or based on Vanity oh. Fair and another another novel as well. So it's kind of a combination of the two. Mm. Uh, the, the, the relationship was very subdued. And it didn't really even become a question to the characters until later in the story. And so we don't really see it because it wasn't really there. But then when you realize things are starting to come to an end, all that emotion that you've been feeling, you're exhausted. And you just you some some parts of you just like wants it to be over. Just kill him or don't kill him. Just I don't care at this point. I'm so exhausted from all of this. Mm. It's just it's just a, such a confusing, a confusing time. And I, I actually liked how that all play out. That's why I call it a slice of life. Cause I feel like it, it, it feels true to how people actually act and mm. actually do. I don't know. Man. I've worked okay. with a lot of women in my life and many different, uh, uh, corporate environments and, you know, right. close proximity working together a lot. And I've never just said, but, uh, eh, you know, well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying to the, ex- I'm saying to the extreme. I mean, how many of those have you worked with to the point oh. that you're worried about, a spouse who is could be dying every well, day. You wake up thinking. Well, that's why I say it's not a slice of life. That's my whole complaint about the slice well, of life thing. Because slice well, of life implies everybody's go got this, it. Though people go through this. Yeah, you know, but in, how many people do you know? Jobs. Yeah. In none right. of those jobs was I actually actively trying to reunite <laughs> the women I was working with with their husbands. So yeah. that's a good point. <laughs> no, but that's my thing. How many? I mean, for for real, I'm I'm asking this for real. Like Brian Dunaway, do you know yes. people who? We're in a situation where one of somebody was either like, kidnapped I like or military. I feel like military and police wives can go through this a lot because every day you have to question is like, oh my god, are they going to die? Is you know every time they go into a dangerous situation now. Yeah, this but is do they? But prolonged. but do they or do we just think they do? Because movies like this make us think they do. That's my whole thing. Yeah, this is a this is a really dude film, like oh. written by dudes, directed by dude, <laughs> lots of shots of dudes, and then when you occasionally see Meg Ryan, she doesn't have a bra on. Oh, it's for, like yeah, not not once during the entire movie. <laughs> well, and not once during the entire movie does a, is a woman given anything to do that's you know like meaningful mm, and, right. and and like intelligent. It's just it's just such a dude movie. You mean uh, you don't I, think that Janice? In some ways, and in some ways, I'm like Meg Ryan's character is is, is super strong. I mean, she does uh, have her she has her flaws and she she makes mistakes, but, but she's it, very strong. It's like saying any damsel in distress is strong as long as they she's survive. She's not in distress. She's, she's, are you she, kidding? She pushes this. She <laughs> she goes and she gets Russell Crowe. She makes him come back. She fights for her husband. She's not a damsel just waiting. She she is using every means possible. To recover her hus- husband based on what she can do. Yeah. Did I read that wrong? Did no, I see it wrong? It, uh, maybe. Uh, I mean, that's. I think that's what they wanted us to think. I just don't think they did a very good job of it. There's a lot of sort of, 
Well, I think I should try, try, uh, tr uh, trust this guy. Come here, Janice. Help me carry money around. Make sure not to dump it all. Oh, Janice, what'd you do? <laughs> oh, Janice. And then when the guy, the guy, it turns out the guy's is lame. They start Look. completely panicking by, and by losing way, it. Yeah. Speaking of the money, are you carrying large sums of money in garbage bags? Don't trust that ordinary garbage bag mm -hmm. brand. <laughs> I love the cheap garbage bag. That was so fun. The whole, the whole thing with the money just freaked me out because I've tried and tried in my life to just move a little money between two countries that are very reciprocal in Canada and the United States. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. You don't get to just you don't get to just summon hundreds of thousands of dollars to a South American country like that. I don't understand. Well, and the other thing is. All right, so this big scene where they've got this table in the middle of their house, and it is covered with money. Now, it's not just co – it's covered very, very uh, carefully with tall stacks of money. <laughs> but do they go to the bank and say, yeah, um, we need uh, $600,000, but we need it in every denomination that you have. Right, like, we right. need, we need ones, so weird. we need pesos, we need francs, we need uh, well, and, and rubles. That was a weird and scene. By the way, can we have the biggest tropey paradox of the film? I can do that. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Let's see. We got we to gotta make it real good here. So let's go. Okay, but if you're steering us away from the money thing, I have one more thing. I'm about. not. I'm not <laughs> steering us away from Wait, okay, that so, didn't work very well, but go ahead. Oh, wait, here, here. Scrutiny. There you go. Now give it some so scrutiny. So this, this rebel terrorist organization has apparently uh, been kidnapping people so that it can raise funds to meet its, its ends. However, we're told very clearly that along the way they discover that they could move cocaine to make money. Okay, what are they doing? Why are they, <laughs> why are they kidnapping people? Is it right. what's going on? They, we never find out why in the world the kidnapping happens in the first place. We're told the cocaine is their profit center. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> and they kind of talk a little bit about that. It's it's supposed to be a time and transition for all of this stuff. Like it's unfortunate that the corporation was going uh going out of business and he just happened to get kidnapped during a time mm -hmm. when they canceled the insurance and the you know the the, the terrorists essentially were going from one doing one thing to another and they really didn't even want to deal with this guy anymore. Uh, right, and so right. he kind of got lost in the shuffle again. Not it was only almost, almost a situation where, you know, they could have, they could have written it into the film that somehow they orchestrated his kidnapping just to kind of get him quote out of the way. Yeah. But he right. really was at the wrong place, wrong time. One real quick thing about the money though, because this, this, this time he's the crap. It's out all about the money. Well, I, this, I don't know what it was about this scene. I mean, the garbage bags collapsing and, and all this, but, uh, the, so the big struggle was that they had to count this money and then they had to give it, you know, package it up and give it to the, uh, the terrorists. Did the money just appear on that table? Cause I'm pretty sure they got that money there by requesting specific <laughs> amounts that they would have known. And they also spent the time un uh, taking it out of whatever receptacle they brought it to that table in. Why not just right. leave it in that receptacle and turn those over to the uh, mm -hmm. the terrorists? I agree. Why yeah, take it the, out, then freak out over closing it? Yeah. Who's running this Mickey Mouse show? That guy over there? And yeah. the and the uh, the movie really wasted the replacement negotiators. There's a whole movie right there. The replacement negotiators. <laughs> but the replacement like two, negotiators. Two they're, I, we don't know where they come from, and we don't know where they go. Like they just get run off oh, at the right. point of a gun, and that's that. And mm -hmm. it's kind of sad because. Yeah, yeah, I was actually yeah. expecting expecting it to come out later that they were in league with the terrorists because that would have made perfect sense, right? That they're mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that's why they were like, oh yeah, we got to do the the good well, faith they, money. You have to do they, the good faith money. Yeah, they are in some way. They didn't specifically reveal it, but I mean the fact that we see 
the guy that comes up and dances with Meg Ryan at the beginning is ended up being, you know, Marco Polo, Marco. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, Wait, everybody's the connected in this corruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy, the, oh. the Mel Blank, the Mel Blank looking guy who comes up to Meg Ryan at the beginning is doing all that weird. Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't realize. It, I didn't realize it was the same guy. I thought yeah, that yeah. was just so some. They dude. were setting everything up. I mean, okay. it was it was all you know intertwined and set up and mm. how how deep it goes, I don't know, and I don't really want to know. That would lend it, it. It's um. That would lend credence to the fact that they knew where David Morse was going to be in his little in his little car, and snatch him and kidnap him. Then yeah. I think it was just a matter of, hey, they're popping out of the hills now. They're they you know, the the dude on the motorcycle who ran the, uh, ran through the gate getting shot triggered this whole series of events. Right. But if you're saying that did. that guy Lombardo dancing with no, Nick he, Ryan, that was just coincidental. <laughs> That was coincidental. Okay. Okay. But was everybody co- is corrupt oh, there, apparently. Yeah. Really? Because I spent the rest of the movie trying to fit all of it together. Like, no, what? Don't do that. What no did that dance? <laughs> that dance sequence. Look! Look! Look behind you! Look what's happening behind you! Would you <laughs> shut up? Your you wife has been some... kidnapped by Guy Lombardo for a dance. Oh my gosh! I thought she was going to get kidnapped right then and there. Yeah, that whole bit. I wasn't sure what to think about the whole first. I don't know half of the movie because it just was kind of all over the place tonally a little bit mixed up it's not till they got you know we're about to rescue him and confront the dude at the at the worst marching band of all time first half yeah that marching band by the way can i just say i don't think i've ever seen a worse marching band in my (laughs) life (laughs) hey were they were they moving they were moving Okay. It was the, like a church procession. The music right? was like, horrible. Yeah. The, like the yeah. beat was off. Their legs I weren't need to landing. Call right. them a marching <laughs> band. I, I, that's a weird term. Not band, but they had a band. Well, here, you know what I'm going to do? I'm jumping the gun. I'm going to play a clip of this band, and oh, good. You guys can get a taste of it here. Let's see. Where is it? Uh, I put the worst. It's funny because I when I looked over at Tina when I first heard that and said, "Oh my God, this is the music they play when Robin Quivers is about to talk on the Howard Stern show." Yep. yep. <laughs> Basically, here it is. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) It's horrible, dude. That is really bad. It's really bad. Hello, all of you working on the movie. Uh, Any of you guys play musical (laughs) instruments? Great. We need you real quick. Uh, Go to wardrobe. We got a bunch of band costumes. Uh, You guys, you play the you play the the triangle. Awesome. You're in. You got Uh, triangle. Someone else got the the recorder. Let's meet here at eight. Let's make this happen. (laughs) Anyway, I hated that. Look, look. Okay, so people who are listening probably think I love this movie because (laughs) I'm having to fight so hard against you guys because. You guys are trying to give this thing a two, yeah. and I'm trying to give it like a six. Sure. And I'm having to really work to bring the curve up. So, yeah, I mean, this this movie is definitely a slow movie. If someone, like you guys asked me in the Slack, Scott was actually like, eh, this looks kind of boring. And he's not wrong. Mm. I was like, you're right, it is. And it's not for everybody. And it's yeah. definitely, you have to be, you know, kinds of fans of these actors and fans of, of, uh, of, what's going on to kind of really but that's like my it. but that's my thing i'm fans of the actors and i'm fans of of thrillers supposedly this is supposed to be a thriller i don't think it's much of one but i'm fan of all that i'm fan are of you all a those fan things. of this meg ryan because there's a couple of different meg ryan's and this meg ryan <laughs> is <laughs> a flibberty gibbet you know what i'm saying that's the exact opposite of what flibberty gibbet no, it's true. In, She's not a flibberty Joe versus right. the volcano. She was a flibberty gibbet. Hold on a minute. Let me look. Let me grab. Gibbet. Let me grab my 1918 slang dictionary so I can figure out what a flibberty gibbet is. What you need to is. do, Scott, is go back to your sound clips from Joe versus the volcano 
because we, Meg Ryan talks about being a flipperty gibbet. We just never saw that though, did we? Joe versus. I, think we saw, I don't versus, think we like, saw it. No, we no, didn't. I've seen it. I've seen it many times. But <laughs> I, don't think seen I, wrote, show. I wrote jokes about brain clouds, didn't I? Nope. Brain cloud. That movie is not film sacked. I'm so confused right now. What are we talking about? <laughs> Joe versus the volcano. Tom no, Hanks, we have Meg absolutely. Ryan. I've never seen that movie. I only. I only know. I've heard really? the title before. Yeah, yeah. I would love we have guys to watch that. that is oh, we fantastic. need to absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't mind watching that. But there's Mr. the there's Rock the top. Let's say Top Gun. We did do we did sack Top Gun. There's a Meg Ryan where you're like, in fact, that's her breakout thing, right? We're like, oh, she's was, just yeah. so cute and funny and giggly and whatever. And this one, she's starting to look like somebody who might just have an affair with Russell Crowe if she's feeling a little bored at home. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's definitely she was trying to find herself right about now, though, right? Because she's getting ready to do her own. Uh, well, she she wasn't trying to find Dennis Quaid, apparently. Right, that's yeah. true. Yeah, she was having a little bit of a. She was having a moment. She All was. Right? She was. And then I, I, I mean, okay, I am not here. I, the minute, the minute I even say anything remotely like this, people are going to jump all over me. But oh, I wanted okay. to see. Good what, thing we're doing it live. I wanted right, to see right. what she looked like today. Just kind of take a look at her mm. and Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Hold on, I have to jump all over you. Russell Crowe is very scone-like and and puffy now. Oh wow! <laughs> and that's fine. It's fine. And she is very plastic surgery now, and that is also fine. But here's my problem: like Jennifer, Dirty Dancer lady. What's her name? Jennifer Gray. Gray. Gray, right, Jennifer right, Gray, right. her she succeeded in her her particular uh, facial surgery for to 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 stay young looking. Which again, I don't bemoan anyone for doing this. Do what you want to do, but it's made her look like a human being that is not Meg Ryan. She doesn't look like her anymore. And yeah. I'm not. I'm saying from a perspective of somebody who was an A-lister in Hollywood, she got 15 million for this movie for this role. That's big money in 2000. Uh, for I mean, she was an A-lister for sure uh, during you know that what, time. Scott, you got me going to see Russell Crowe, the Puff Pastry, and he's really not that bad. I like. <laughs> I'm looking at current pictures. He's he's gained a little weight. I would think we all do. If you put me next to a picture of me from 15 years ago, you might think I would expanded. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to do a thing that seems rude for you to do, but I want you to Google the following terms. I want you oh, to Google yeah. already. Ru- I'm already concerned. Russell Crowe. <laughs> fat and then oh, and it's shit. fine it's fine it's like to me it's like uh not Dolph Lundgren um uh it's, who's uh, I'll, I'm Val, your, Kilm- Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer. everybody picks on Val Kilmer yeah, don't do it it's like that now again this isn't body mm-hmm. shaming I'm just saying we get older we change we fatten up a little bit I'm doing it we all do it I get it I totally get it and he's fine he so still looks like there? Russell Crowe though <laughs> If you look you at him, also, you go, oh, look, you it's can Russell Crowe. You get these same uh, visual results if you Google the phrase gladiate it. <laughs> no, stop. Oh, this this episode has gone so no, far. No, it's so good. Rails. It's so good. So, so I'm, all I'm saying is he, he's look. not in his prime, and that's okay. None of us are. My point yeah. is he still looks like Russell Crowe. The work she had I've, done does not look like her. It's not well, her I'm, anymore. I'm Google. I'm Google imaging searching uh, Meg Ryan here, and I do see a few questionable photos, but they're mostly pictures from the sun. So I mean, no telling how they t- took these pictures. I don't see any credible. I do. Uh, I have Ryan one right here. Pictures. I'm going to share with you. Okay, I'm going to put this in the slide. Now I see one that was an art station that about made me choke on my drink. Yeah, that but. one is definitely not right. <laughs> but look at that next one I put in there. That's one from a studio someplace, and again. Not she a problem. There. She doesn't look like her there. Oh, yeah, right. I would definitely say that as soon as I saw like, Meg Ryan. No, I, her, it's Meg Ryan's hair. 
Nothing else is her. I'm telling you, you would, she could be in her, maybe this was the reason she could be at the mall at the gap standing next to me. And I wouldn't know it was Meg Ryan. Well, and here's the, it's funny. Cause that's an interesting photo choice because if you would have given that to me and not said it was Meg Ryan because of surgery that she's also had done, I would have said, Oh, I think that's Olivia Newton, John. Oh yeah, yeah. She's also had, she looked very similar now. Yeah. yeah. I could have said, Hey Brian. Yeah. I could have said, Ibit, look at Olivia Newton, John here. Check this out. And you would have said, Oh, Xana do. I can't believe it. Like you would have freaked out. <laughs> But uh, speaking of movies yeah. you haven't seen, it's, it's, it's you know, I think we're going to see less and less of that. I think a lot of the, the women who have had the, the plastic surgeries that are kind of looking like this um, or the realize, men or the men forget about or women the men, or the men. Yeah. True. Yes. Exactly. Look at look at what's his name. The wrestler. He looks horrendous. Every uh, right. every every wrestler like it's <laughs> it's shocking. Oh, well, that's after it. A- that's a uh, that demographic I'm not getting. I don't. I don't want to step in and piss off. I'm just saying, every one of them after a certain age starts getting their facelift. And Chris Jericho so... has my phone number, I think, and I'm certainly not going to. Uh... No, he remember. He remembers Funny Hat Man. He does. Yeah, yes. you're you're still on his list, I'm sure. But the my point my point of that entire thing was I like Meg Ryan a lot. I really liked a lot of movies she was in. I liked her in this. I think that. It's weird that we don't see her anymore. Well, well, first of all, I mean, I don't think it's weird because uh, there was there was a point in time that she really started doing more behind the camera stuff. Uh, so I'm not surprised we don't see her more in films. I, I well, I mean, the me. reason we don't see her more in films is just the sad, the the sad uh, garbage of Hollywood, where once women get to a certain age, and it's a it's a much younger age than I think we'd we'd want it to be. Um, directors don't hire them for roles anymore unless it's to play the kooky aunt or the the silly grandmother. You yeah, know? Right, that's right. true. Like Russell Crowe will always have an easier job. Maybe if we had Russell more... Crowe can play the the kooky aunt or the silly grandmother for sure. Yeah, right. right. Kind of bum- well, kind of bums me out, but you're right that that's yeah. true. But I was like, I thought she was great. I pull for Meg Ryan. Well, pull yeah, for her every yeah, day of the week. She's great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Right, and and I think she's just I think she's just you one do, of the, you do that, Brian. You do you, Brian Dunaway. <laughs> I, I think she's one of the many who made a bunch of money and just uh, stopped trying so hard to make more. I and I like that. That's a lot of actors in in Hollywood, and it's great. Like I I would too. I would get way more picky, and I would do a lot less work once I got ridiculously wealthy i agree but so why do the face stuff then why not just be cool with it be, that's because, because the it's time. they're unrelated that's the thing i'm trying to get you to unrelate <laughs> what someone does with their body to what you experience no as no, no. The i understand like, that i understand that but what i'm saying is there's a much higher rate of it in hollywood than you see anywhere else i understand people that get plastic wow, surgery you need, yeah. to, you need to come hang out a, by my pool well man. i don't, right. don't want to talk orange county but area regardless yeah right yeah. but i've like i have a sister-in-law who's had stuff done she doesn't do it because she's trying to keep her screen career going she doesn't have one so i totally get that it's not that's not everything i'm not trying to blanket everybody but i'm trying to think why meg ryan would want to she she was beautiful and was aging nicely she can yeah, do what she like i said she can do what she wants like any of us can for all i care uh, tomorrow, Brian Ibbett could go out and have horns installed in his bald head. That'd be awesome. I would say, all right, man, you be you, like you were saying. It, it wouldn't be awesome. You'd be like, what the hell? Dude, is clearly, <laughs> clearly, I would just 3D print them. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd want to have them implanted, like, under your yeah. skin and, yes, you know, looking right. all real and everything. And I would be like, all right, hey, whatever. Like, that's a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, just, I, I just feel like 
okay, you know what? I sh- here's who I should be time. complaining to. It's the doctors who botch this yes. stuff so bad. Well, yeah. not only botch it to encourage people. I mean, I, I feel like you probably get into those locations. You probably just go in for a consultation. You're kind of like, well, maybe they can just do a little something here, a little something there. Next thing you know, they got their red marker out and they're redesigning your whole face and showing yeah, you computer mock-ups. If, mm-hmm. if Meg Ryan were turning 40 today and she hadn't had the plastic surgery and and she was starting to not get as many roles and that sort of thing, and that was kind of like everything was shifted 20 years, 15 years in the future, I bet she doesn't get the plastic surgery because it's it's now not as common the thing to do I mean, look at Kate Blanchett, look at Helen Mirren, look yes. at um, uh, Judy, Dench. Reason, Judy Dench is coming to mind. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, women who who look great for their age have not right. had any work done or at least don't look like they've had any work done. And I think because of that, you're going to start to see younger actresses follow that role, follow that path and not say, hey. oh, I, I'm, I'm turning 35. I still need to act some more. I'm going to. Uh, puff up my cheeks or I'm going to inflate my lips or whatever. As long as we're promoting uh, Scott's unfriend me uh, show, (laughs) we should, we should totally talk about whether or not, um, you know, do we, do we have a harsher uh, scale for men than women? Because there's a plenty, plenty of dudes. Of course we do. We have a far harsher scale for women than we do for men. No, there's no question. And and I just want to point out like so many other things in this Western culture there is a huge industry that is spending a billion dollars a minute trying to influence people to come partake of it. Mm. It's it's not just suddenly people are making up their minds, I'm going to make myself look weird. They are being influenced a ton to do that. And the more money you have, the more it's aimed at you like a gun. And, and that's the thing. Like Scott is fairly – we're all fairly far outside of the line of sight of that industry mm-hmm. you know yeah i don't so have it's, it it's I, easy it, to it's easy to yeah. pick on it when we don't we're not in it or understand why right, the big deal true. is but yeah i mean you know it, it's it's needing a paycheck uh and and unfortunately right. the sad truth of what they had to do in the the 90s to keep earning a paycheck and keep getting film roles and stuff like yeah that. and if and you that, want to get to a place where you're i mean you can michael jackson yourself pretty hardcore if you're not careful is all i'm saying mm-hmm. just <laughs> slow it down <laughs> You know, look in the mirror. Don't hate what you see so much. I like how we were like all we're starting to get a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, understanding about it. And then Scott, like the Michael Jackson (laughs) reference, you know, know who should have plastic surgery? Who (laughs) is that? Anthony Healed. Yeah, Proof of Life. Yeah. Oh, you think so? He's no, he doesn't. Weird looking dude. I I love. Look, you talking about Godfrey John? Are you talking about? Is that you talking about? I'm talking about Anthony Heald. Uh, what was his oh, character? Oh, I think oh, yeah, he was yeah, Godfrey yeah. John. Yes, he was. Oh, no, no, Godfrey John, the 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 roommate to... Uh, yeah, the roommate. <laughs> oh, no, no, right. Godfrey John was the roommate. That was Kessler. No, I'm talking about right. uh, Anthony corporate, Heald. Yeah, the corporate... corporate tennis, sweaty tennis playing uh, yeah. Anthony Heald. Oh, that the guy. Same, the same hateful character in everything. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Right. He was, he, like, he, I just thought he was his character from Boston Public. Like this was yeah. a crossover <laughs> from that TV show. No, I'm glad he you brought that well. up. I used to love Boston Public. I thought that show was mm-hmm. great, and part of the reason was him. He was like the perfect vice principal, and yep. uh, was like made to play that role. My problem with him here is that his accent is horrifyingly bad. <laughs> um, oh, right, because he's trying to do that Boston. Uh, it's more like southern. Yeah, don't come around. Come around here. Oh yeah, I guess it is more southern. Yeah. Do you have any clip? I guess we'll get to we'll, we'll we'll get to those. But he's he's a guy that you don't see much of anymore. I was looking at his IMDb and he's got 
way less stuff. But my biggest memory of him was in Silence of the Lambs. Didn't yes. he have a pretty yeah. pretty bad turn in that movie? Seems like mm-hmm. he, did. he did. Wasn't he, he was like the, the doctor, psychiatrist? Yeah, the, the psychiatrist that uh, Lecter was going to have for dinner. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. Like, oh, I, goodbye, Clarice. I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm late having, for dinner. Uh, Watch out for the guy near the end. He likes to throw things. I'm Bobby having him for dinner. <laughs> I know the quote's wrong, but yes. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's just an interesting dude, but he doesn't really done much since then. And I don't know if that makes me sad or happy or whatever. He'd be a great Frank Burns uh, in his prime if they were going to redo Mash or something. He would have been a fine Frank Burns. But great. That was his job. It's like, hey, can you be Weasley and cranky and um, smug? And 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 he said, yep, every role, give it to me. I'm ready. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, here's some trivia about the film. During filming at Stowe School in Buckinghamshire, this is when he was talking to his kid at the soccer game, uh, oh, yeah. Russell Crowe's character watches his son play rugby, so on and so forth. One of the students asked Russell Crowe for some acting advice. After their conversation, Crowe remembered his serious interest in acting and sent him autographed posters and photos of his film Gladiator and wrote a letter saying, a thousand mile journey begins with one step. Uh, the extra in question that questioned him and got this cool stuff was none other than Henry Cavill, who went on to pursue an acting oh. career and ultimately landed the role of Superman uh, in Man of Steel and stuff since then. He also tossed in an aside and said, also, mustaches are cool, and then yeah. he walked away. Now, I would remind you why this is kind of cool. Imagine having that experience as a pretty young kid, teenage age kid, having this experience with Russell Crowe, having a career, getting the job of Superman, and you were told that Russell Crowe is playing... Uh, Jor-El was his name yeah Jor-El your father is played by your Russell Crowe and you get to hang yeah. out with him on set like that is freaking cool that's awesome yeah, yeah. I like that a lot um, Harrison Ford was originally offered the lead role but turned it down oh, whatever I Do think, think Harrison is- I think he'd have been better for the guy trapped or kidnapped than he would have oh. been yeah. For dude at home trying to get him back. Why are you making I don't, me hold this newspaper? Get away from me. <laughs> I don't I don't want to see I don't want to see Harrison Ford's feet any more than I wanted to see. More <laughs> <laughs> than I want to see David Morse's feet. Yeah, good point. I this is actually one of the few where I can I can kind of go with it could have been Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my god. Like, oh. Because <laughs> usually when we hear those, it's just insane. But this role, this role wasn't like written for Russell Crowe. This is a really generic role. Uh, hey, we're not going to pay any more than five hundred thousand. Yeah. Call me Tio. Yeah. Oh, I'm so I'm I agree. Russell Crowe's a better actor. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is yeah. It it becomes yeah it becomes a it becomes a franchise film. You I put think Steven Seagal, uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, Stallone, any of those, and and it looks like it's it feels more like it's all right. This is setting up the. Terry Thorne character as like uh, um, a recurring movie series. Speaking of which, do we have a do we have a uh, we like to do this on the show once in a while? Do we have a favorite Russell Crowe film? Everybody? Oh, yes, I've never I've, I've never seen uh, Beautiful Mind, so I can't count that. I have no idea. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you yeah. haven't? Nope. I hear. Why? It's, I mean, I've heard nothing. I, one of those movies that just slipped past me. Just never saw it. Didn't mean to. Didn't avoid it. But um, it's best picture for heaven's sakes. I missed it. I'm having a scroll through. It's hard not to go with Gladiator. I'm going to go with Gladiator because yeah, it's Gladiator. Yeah, that movie's great. How can you not like oh, Gladiator? Oh, well, I, I forgot he was in this, but once I say it, I think Scott's already nailed this one. Mm. But I'm I'm guessing you're going to say 310 to Yuma because I forgot oh, he was in that. And that he's was fantastic. good. You are correct, sir. That is my favorite oh, of his yeah. movies. Well done. I was going to also, a runner-up I'd give to American Gangster. I thought he was great in that. 
Right. What do you um, think about LA Confidential? What do you think about that? Uh, great movie. I liked LA Confidential. Yeah, but now we can't right. watch it. Yeah, now what Kevin Spacey's all up in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, boy, we got a lot Which of one? back and forth on what things we can watch right. with actors in them right. from you last know, week. Jeez. I never I saw. Like I did like him in Lame Is Rob, actually. Yeah. Not his singing, but his. his uh, I, I like that whole thing. Appearance. You know, I never saw Master and the Master and Commander, and once again, that's one of those things like Scott says, oh, like, I always meant to, but I never saw it. Great movie. That one I've seen like four times, which yeah. is crazy because it's like three and a half hours each. Uh, you should have cut time. one of those and watched The Beautiful Mind. Just, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, Master and Commander is a great movie. In fact, I may have to put that and tie it with uh, 310 because it's that's mm, great. Wow, I forgot about it, but yeah. now you saw the nice guys in the theater, right? The one with um, I did. Oh yeah, him and yeah. Uh, him and Handsome uh, Boy. Ryan Gosling, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to say, Master and Commander is a great movie if you have not read all of the Patrick O'Brien books obsessively. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you have read the Patrick O'Brien books obsessively, it's the worst movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, blew it. Wow. It's, blew Peter, it. it's Peter Weir, who, in my mind, makes no bad movies. Uh, he, did, yeah. he did The uh, um, Witness. He made... Truman Show, Truman Show, Dead, uh, Poet Dead Poet Society, the uh, great, you know, I, I don't think he's made a bad movie as far as I think I can oh. say. And I think that it's a, an incredible feat. It's got Jarvis in it from uh, the Iron Man movies is uh, in there. <laughs> and uh, he's, oh, you know, what I just realized Jarvis is married to Jennifer Connelly and Jennifer Connelly's with Russell Crowe in that beautiful mind deal. That's crazy. Anyway. What? Oh wait, Jar- uh, uh, Paul Bettany. Yeah, that's and, that, right. and that's is, and that's why it's so cool that the voice of the new Spider-Man the suit. Oh mm-hmm. no, Spider-Man suit is Jennifer Connelly. Oh right. So she's the Ar- right. she's the Jarvis offshoot. She's Spider-Man's Jarvis. Yeah, and that's it was all made right. by Tony Stark, and they're a married couple in real life, which is that's really great. good. I forgot about that. Yeah. And today's Black Friday, you can pick up Spider-Man: <laughs> Homecoming in 3D for only ten dollars oh, on Best Buy. What a deal! Dang it! Before we finish, before we finish talking about all the cast uh, in some not so savory terms, yeah, uh, I would just like to praise uh, Margot Martindale. She's oh, yeah. such a such a small role actress who yeah, just shines when given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. she's really good uh, like i i don't know what in the world her purpose in this film was but as soon as i saw her i was just like i am going to watch every episode of justified now she's my runner up for oh. chick in the bucket but there's one who's more of a chick yeah, in the she bucket plays a pretty small role in this one so yeah chick in the yeah. bucket chick in the bucket for me was pamela reed uh <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, girl that I mean, Janice hate at the beginning, and now yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah. She's just well, yeah, like she just, she's all up in the in the business, and we know where she goes. But come she, on. she was super into the story. She was a main part of it. I couldn't stand every second she was on the screen because I just thought it was terribly acted and badly done. But she's just. <laughs> oh, I don't know about the acting. I think she, I think her acting is great. She's just playing a really annoying character, and she always plays that kind of character. Probably, I think her lines were stilted. But anyway, whatever. She she did her thing, and then poof, we're done with Janice. No more Janice in our lives. Right. And, and, and that's everybody fine. Who's I was not knowing who we're talking about. She's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Yeah, she, had, um, she had to get uh, back to kindergarten cop. And- kindergarten cop, exactly. She's the other <laughs> cop in kindergarten cop that isn't Arnold. Yeah, right. The one word is year, a tumor. What year was that? That was that seemed like so 1990. long ago. Ninety. Wow, it Jeez. was long ago. Jeez. Ten years before this. Ninety. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's fun. Fun little note about them. So Meg Ryan is holding a cigarette a lot and acting like she's a smoker. Uh, numerous scenes, but Pamela Reed and Russell Crowe, who also smoke in the movie, are actually smoking. Uh, Meg Ryan was apparently a, a vicious anti-smoking advocate and refused to draw, so you never see her actually suck in anything. 
It's just Apparently smoldering. not so yeah. vicious you wouldn't hold a cigarette. Yeah, or, or or get a little secondhand freaking mouth action from Jim Bob right. there at the end. Mmm, tasty, tasty Man, Russell Crowe right. breath. Mmm. <laughs> is it me mm. or is it, I, you know, I've always tried to figure out what it is about David Caruso. I love him. By the music. I love the him. Music. Oh, you want David? Oh, I think you meant David Morris. You said David Caruso. I apologize. Yeah. Here we go. All right. <laughs> What's up with his close? Why, why is he always like two inches from your face? What is that all about? Because it's, it's his like, best it's angle. It's his best David angle. David Caruso. David yeah. Caruso. Well, shoot. You guys keep saying it. I can't play this. Song. <laughs> but he's so he is. This is his best face. Everything else, if you notice, I don't know if you guys notice this, but from like the rear when he's running around with a gun or when he's talking in a room and saying these are the guys I trained or whatever. He's kind of this slight looking little twig man. Like he doesn't does he direct. Does he direct the other actors to not look at him? Because it, it kind of feels like when when a when you look at a dog and they won't look at you, it feels like all the rest <laughs> of the actors are kind of like looking away from him, but he's like two inches from their face, just dead staring right in their eyes. It's like, ah, inside their face, just, ah. Yeah, he must be hard to stare at. He'd win a staring contest probably. Oh, yeah. apparently. Who's that we're talking about? David Caruso. Yeah, and if you don't know, yeah, uh, he he was, you know, doing really well on television yeah. and, and famously claimed that he was going to leave TV and go make a lot more money as a feature film actor. <laughs> and he didn't know that we didn't really like him. Mm. And, like we didn't, we didn't need him to go play other roles. Well, there was no call for it. Mm. And right. so he left TV for a, a little while, just long enough to go find out, Oh, he, he's not going to make a bunch of money as a feature film actor because it's not in the cards for him as an actor. And he had to go back to television. Yeah. Well, Keep in mind that uh, we've also seen him previously on Film Sack in a little film called Hudson Hawk, where he played mm, one. Yeah. Of, he played yeah. the silent, the the mute uh, henchman uh, Kit Kat. Yeah, mm-hmm. slurp my butt. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was him that said that, but sure, why not? No, I uh, I forgot he was in that. I had no idea. Yeah. Was that before his TV thing though? It would have been. Right? That was before NYPD Blue. Um, but right. right before 1991, NYPD Blue was 1993. He left in 1994, and then went and did Kiss of Death, appropriate. Uh, Jade, I, bo- I remember both of those movies, and I remember seeing both of them in theaters because oh, it's it's David Caruso. Kiss of Death I is bad, by the way. That's it a, was really bad. Ugh, really yeah, bad. As was Jade. Yeah, he didn't do so great. Then he came back and did his his sunglasses thing in CSI. Miami. That and then uh, <laughs> did that for a while, and then that ended. And now what? What's he up to now? What's he do now? Um, nothing. Stare, nothing just staring at people on the subway, just staring at them. Just <laughs> two inches away from their face. You know? He he would do a great Talk job playing the dad of uh, the the redheaded kid who plays the Joker or plays Jerome on mm. Gotham because he looks oh. just like him. Mm. Like, I see that. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's got some old uh, credits. He was in the yeah. First Blood, Rambo First Blood movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's another thing. When Caruso made the decision that he was going to go claim the money, he was already over 40. That's another thing that's kind of mm. unusual. Well, some in, can do it. Like it sure. You can see people like, um, who's that guy? He's in everything now, but he was nobody for the longest time. Richard Jennings. Jennings? Richard Jen- yes. Jenny Richard Jennings? Jennings, I think that's Jennings. it. Richard Jennings, yeah, I Jennings. think that's Say it. it again. Maybe it'll sound more Jenkins? right. Say it again. Jen- Jenkins, Jenkins, Richard Jenkins, Jenkins, that's it. Jenkins. Jenkins, yes. He's in everything now. He's totally recognizable. He's super interesting. All kinds of the, critical acclaim, and he's like in his sixties. Uh, feet under, yeah, but yeah. he's like sixty <laughs> something before anyone really noticed that guy. 
Mm-hmm. And I always like that when that happens. It's always kind of fun to see somebody find their thing late in life. And like Colonel Sanders, this is a fun fact. <laughs> There's no fun facts Cur- about Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's hear a fun fact about Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders was in his 60s before uh, KFC succeeded, before he had his big break and before things happened for him. So the guy was like old as dirt and then finally had success. Everything up to that was like, Miss, 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 fail, 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 fail. Suddenly KFC is like this huge thing. Well, I mean, that's money. also a timing thing. All of those failures were during the Great Depression and World War II. Sure. And so he finally gets successful when things get rebuilt and yeah, there's always a factors. economy. And, right, right, right. So there's on. always factors. I think the problem is that David Caruso was having a pretty good time on TV and was getting lots of accolades. And he was, quite frankly, perfect for NYPD Blue. Like, they, right. you couldn't have had better casting. He was great on there. Um, but I also think he was so great on there, it typecasted him a bit. So all he was going to get, even if he did transition the movies were nothing but roles that were more cops or more sleazy cops, whatever. You, you read Looper. Do you go to looper.com? No. Well, anyway, they do a lot of uh, entertainment news kind of stuff. And so they have a pretty decent article just posted on Skype. The real reason we don't hear from David Caruso before some of their top things to, to headlines is his, Post NYPD Blue movie career was not much to write home about. His TV success weren't because he was the star of the show, because other people were. He's really expensive. Oh. He may yeah. suffer from typecasting, like Scott said. <laughs> and he's reportedly difficult to work with, standing yeah. so close to fellow actors, they oh, go, wow. back up, Namas Kid. <laughs> oh, darn. I was but, like, oh, my God, that's great. Scott totally that, nailed it. Right? That, that story, you know, where he leaves NYPD Blue... He has to be uh, sort of in the woods for eight years before he catches on and starts doing uh, CSI Miami. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eight eight years is a lifetime in Hollywood that he you know tried really hard, I guess, to to prove that he was worth more money. It's just the guy isn't like watching him in this movie. I'm like, I don't need him in this movie. No, and I would have been completely fine. I think most of us would have been just fine with the idea that David Caruso would have had this great TV career. Um, even before CSI Miami, and then get some other gigs in between. And we're like, oh, he's the movie's sweet, dude. And and let's see what happens. And if nothing happens, that's okay. That's a million actors do that. Where he where he overstepped was to come out and go, I'm gonna take Hollywood by the nuts. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to do that. But I admire his ad his uh what's his, what's the word? I I, ate, I didn't eat enough turkey now. What's the word? Chutzpah. Chutzpah. Not chutzpah. It's another word. I admire his. I want to say admonition. That's not right. I, I'm ambition. Or, Am, or I admire his ambition. 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 Hey, there was only one laptop in this movie, and it made all kinds of 2000 era noises. Did you guys hear that thing? Yeah. 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 Get that out of the floppy drive. Yeah. Oh, right. I sure am glad that. Um, computers never made the sound where every time they display a character on screen, they had to make a blip noise. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I know. Mm. It's pretty bad. Uh, no. Stop using computers. Who has the gross moment? Who knows? Oh, oh. what gross got out the most? I can tell you, there's two things that are super close. One of them is a, an implied thing, and the other one is something that actually happened. And I'll tell you that, well, I don't want to give it away. The I'll tell you. The feet aren't. It's got to be feet. Right. I mean, you can't you can't not be grossed out by the feet. The feet are gross. They I were, think right? he's probably grossed out by the person who has to wash David Morse's feet. Oh god, <laughs> which is David Morse. Yeah. Right? Oh. No, there was a, oh, the, the other guy. The, yeah, there was another guy oh, who had yeah. to wash his feet. 
It wasn't that. It wasn't the washing. It was. Uh, so it is David Morris. I'll give you that hint. So two things happen with him. One, I think, wins out. I'm curious if you guys know. And I'll, and I'll even say that one of these is a foot thing, but not the one you think it is. I got to say, I thought of you, Scott, yeah. when he's yelling for his spoon, because I'm just like, I'll bet that spoon is freaking I, awful. Oh, man. I'll bet the I got, spoon. I got, I got the off-screen one. I got the off-screen I don't know, one. but once you've got a spoon, don't you guys have a favorite spoon in your house? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to. I don't think I do now. I think I just am whatever's in there is fine. I used to. Well, actually, I don't. It's the one I fished through the drawer for specifically. Mm. I used to. My dad <laughs> used to <laughs> nodding her head. <laughs> my my dad took, used to have a bowl, and he would eat his uh, shredded weed in there every day. And if you oh, touched that God. thing, you were just about murdered by touching my father's shredded wheat bowl. Get off. Yeah. Wheat. Boop. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you. So no, wait, wait. Okay. I want to guess the off-screen one. All right, it's not really off-screen. It's just it's just implied. Oh. Then never mind. Oh, okay. Because he says your toilet is a boot. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not it? <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Because no. he, didn't, he, didn't oh. he, mis- he was missing a shoe, and I was like, oh, you just put that shoe on instead of using it for a toilet. And yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, size nine. That's not going to work. Do you see those feet? They're no, hobbit feet. They are <laughs> hobbit feet. No, it's not that. It's definitely not that. No, mm-hmm. no okay, guesses? All right. What is it? Uh, the one time he got a stick jammed in his foot, that oh, was yeah. just yeah. really painful looking. But the winner for me was how I could not stop thinking about how David Morris must have smelled when they're yeah, taking yeah, him out of there. 144 days. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like holding him and she's all up on him, holding his arm. And, and like, I'm like, guys, don't, but, but, don't pretend is not death coming off that dude. Don't, don't you? I mean, just like, just like terminal velocity. Isn't there a point of terminal funk that it just becomes, it can't get any funkier. I mean, by yes. like day, day, day seven, it can't be anywhere. I mean, you've pretty much, went through all of any type of chemicals to hide that stuff, and you're just you, right? James Brown had terminal funk. Terminal <laughs> funk, baby. Terminal <laughs> funk. Dun, 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 My, I, you're probably think, right. You're probably right, right. but I don't know. I'm, I'm not an olfactory uh, uh, expert, so I don't know how this right. works, but I'm guessing that you maybe, maybe what it is is eventually you get used to it, but I'm not sure it can't get worse. You just but may I, not I notice. I don't think funk can get exponentially worse. I mean, I mean, you're covered in what you're covered in. I mean, you... It's usually sweat and environment. So, I mean, after that, what more can you get? But it's, okay, you're not going to get worse, but where you stop is not going to be that good. Like, where you (laughs) stop not getting worse, (laughs) it's not like you're going to go the other other direction or it's like, well, all right, he he smells as bad as he's going to smell. That's cool. No, (laughs) you smell as bad as you smell. It's still going to be really, really bad. If you don't get worse, fine, but you're, you know. We should find out. But everybody in that environment gets ten. used to it, right? Yeah, we all yeah. get used to it. Exactly. And so, mm. it, relatively speaking, it gets it, it reaches okay. a point where it can't get any. There worse. must be an dear, upper. There must be diary. some upper limit, upper cap, and some scientist in our listening audience will tell us. Got to finally dear diary, reach day, terminal funk. Yeah, yeah. Day, your diary, day twenty-one. I think I'm as funky as I'm gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write? You write it in your Bible next to your little map lines. That's are you writing your diary now? No. The, the, the thing title that kind of, of Pharrell Williams autobiography. Right. That's the, the one. thing that probably grossed me out was my misunderstanding. Oh, and it's probably my fault what? because I was thinking when when they were trying to uh, get get my man to take his photo with the with today's paper, you know his funky feet were out there. You're thinking they had a spoon. They hit him in the feet with the spoon. I couldn't help but to think that was his spoon. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe that's his. Yeah, that really so. does get a lot grosser. Well done, <laughs> yeah. sir. Yeah. Good job. Achieve. Where is his spoon? 
No, there is no spoon, oh. is what they would say. There is yeah. no spoon. Oh, don't hit me with my spoon. Oh, my shirt. <laughs> I think it's I think it's very, very funny that spoon. I did a I did a where is David Caruso now Google search and the first yeah, image no. to come up is I think the guitarist for REM. I don't think that's oh. him, or maybe it what, is uh, him. Buck, Peter Buck. Yeah, it looks like you know the one with the longer hair, kind of red haired, yellow haired guy. Yeah. Oh no, maybe that is David Caruso. Never mind. David. <laughs> Never mind. I think maybe he just grew his hair out. All right. He did. Yeah, he grew he grew long hair about shoulder length. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's still a ginger too, so it's kind of here. Nice. All, I, oh just, yeah. Just, <laughs> Mike Mills is who you think. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like Mike Mills. Isn't that really weird? Oh, I don't like him with long hair. That's I don't that's, like uh, it. Yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> he need you know what he looks needs. Like, looks like looks like he needs to be on the island of misfit toys. It's he, not. He needs to take yeah, those glasses off and go. <laughs> that's what he needs to do. Are those tortoise shell? What are those? This is the guy. You look at this guy, and immediately I think he's the guy who's taking forever in front of me at Starbucks because he wants to know if the soy is organic. But how close is he standing next to the barista? Is he like right up on the barista? He's close enough to where she can pick up on his terminal funk because he only uses holistic uh, deodorants. And uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. He's, this uh, is the way we all smelled before big government tried to get right. us to use deodorant. You know what? You know what? About 20 years ago, I had a roommate who went through that whole thing where he got nervous about something he heard about deodorants, and he switched over to some kind of all-natural crystal. Yeah. yeah. And I will never forget him telling anybody who would listen, like right. he had discovered vegetarianism. Mm. He was he was using this crystal, I'm, I'm and every <laughs> everybody knew there was never a surprise to a, on on someone's face. I'm like they knew he stank. The crystal was not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. basically, was, you rub a crystal under your armpits, <laughs> and it's supposed to it, nothing. It does yeah. nothing. That's, yeah, it's horse poo. Whoever said that worked, and that's not cool. That's lame because uh, we all the, suffer when someone believes that. That's bad. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need that. So in my is life. is the problem uh, our olfactory nerves? I mean, because you know, shouldn't it be natural? I mean, what's so funky about funk? I mean, well, no. We right? listen as human beings. We have we have definitely here. Here's why it's offensive to people. Okay, this is an easy answer. When easy, somebody easy. stinks or there's a pile of poo in the room, you're right. you're you find that offensive as a person, not because ooh gross. You find you the reason you think ooh gross in the first place, or your brain translate that as bad smell is because you have evolved to be a creature that avoids bacteria-ridden things. So somebody is standing next to you who really stinks, that means they are bacterially dirty, which means, A, you could get disease, and B, uh, you don't want disease. Say bacterial literal again. Yeah, bacterial, (laughs) bacterial. So so I, I get that. I totally get that. But we also have gone through a cultural shift as a species over the last, like, 100, 150 years because all the things that we depend on to keep the stink down have been invented in the last 100 years. And you just know that people were totally fine with body odor. Yeah, but they were also fine with having nine kids because four of them would die. Like, are we the are is America is America? I want to to answer this, too. Is America the most hung up country on Offensive smells. Smell. Are, are we so hung up? Because I've met no. people from other countries, yeah. and I'm not saying they're necessarily like, I'm like, oh my God, you stink so bad. But I'm saying it's not necessarily the top priority. Uh, 
I I'm think, not saying I'm not saying every country. I, I think Americans are. I think Americans are delusional in believing that other people in other countries don't mind it if everyone stinks. I think that that's right. not true. I'm just saying, are we more hung up than other countries? Yes, I would say I would say we are. I mean, we, you go to we, other countries and you walk in a crowd, and you notice much more. Well, I don't know about much more bo. I mean, I guess if you if you do if you go to certain places um, where that's not a priority in america then it's <laughs> you're gonna smell it there too yeah a week in but, vegas uh, is enough for me to realize that it's there's pl- right. plenty of this to go around i think it just depends on where yeah, you're at right it's, some, not, it's, not a, it's not a it's not a negative thing i'm not applying a negative stereotype among other countries i'm, no, I'm actually anything, asking the question you're, that, you're, yeah. you're going the opposite like is it a positive thing like, hung up on it yeah, yeah. yeah i don't think we're hung up on it i think it's a natural human human, human inclination i think modern well, society look, guys, like brandy says modern society has figured well, out ways to help curb, cover, and otherwise eliminate a lot of these things. And so culturally, when you don't live up to that, free, you're dirty. And I'm I'm ordering some crystals off Amazon. So look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. good. Do they sell those there? They probably do. I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to look. <laughs> so that's I, I, I actually think that there's a movie point here, and that is that the movie is going to have a different effect on you if you're watching it in the modern United States or the you know the modern Western world than maybe somewhere else. Like maybe this movie goes out of its way it, to impact you with the dirtiness of certain things. Mm-hmm, and right. you might not be as impacted if you're elsewhere. It's interesting, let Scott, the reason why this is important to me, because I have, I, I suffer from psoriasis, which is not only a skin disorder, it's an autoimmune disease. And one of the things that can uh, exasperate, or exasperate, like what's the word look for? Exasperate. Maybe so. Exacerbate. Exacerbate. It make it worse. How's that? That's it. Gonna make it worse. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that can make it worse is constantly washing your every day, like, and and that can actually mm. you know take away oils from our skin that that causes a problem. And uh, I'm a clean freak, man. I used to take two showers a day all the time. I'm down just to one a day, but I'm just saying, how much? To, how much you know no there's definitely too much myself. there's definitely too much right. i mean there's studies once that show a, once that a day, right? people once a day, people right? that spend too much time putting a freaking hand sanitizer on they're doing themselves a disservice like you need okay. some germs man that's totally true but what you don't need to do is not wear deodorant if you don't shower the next day just wear it just put it on by the way i'm looking at a crystal body deodorant rock five ounces i can get it on amazon for seven dollars fifty two cents um, so this week we watched Proof of Funk. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Proof of <laughs> Funk of Life. Yeah. Right. Somebody said this. Everyone's saying it works. It's great product and natural too. I love this rock. All my friends love it. They're never around. This sounds right. like horse. <laughs> sounds like horse poo to me. We need to find. We need a listener to write in and give us an argument why that's the best thing they've ever tried. I'm very. I'm this very. Curious. This is the experiment this week. Crystals yeah. instead of deodorant. We'll see what people I think say. The only way I'd believe it is if I tried it myself and I realized that I didn't have any funk after a day. Of- right. All right. I have two alternative Christmas. titles already. All right. What do you got? <laughs> Actually, right. Keep those. Keep those because I want to hear them. All right. Okay. When I'll we get them. to the end of the thing. But we need trivia, don't we? We're gonna do we trivia. do. Yeah. Before we are, are we ready for clips? Yeah. Let's do trivia before clips. Okay. Cool. All right. So um, we're, we're going to do a trivia now. We're going to do a trivia as soon as we're done with film sex. So two, because I didn't do one last hour. So this will be two this hour. And uh uh, I have not counted to see how many people have tweeted. I'm going to do that right now. We have in the last hour, mm-hmm. uh, we have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <What's> <laughs> <that>? <laughs> it's David Caruso so, again. 
CSI. Yeah. Uh, let's say 12, a number between 1 and 12. Tina, give me a number between 1 and 12. I love that you've Eight. stopped asking Siri. It's the best. <laughs> uh, well, because you, you Siri shamed me is what you did. Yeah. Um, and the thing about uh, um, about doing uh, having Tina do it is that she's never going to pick 1 or 12. Well, she's always going to pick point. something right yeah. in the middle, whereas, you know, a true random number. And here's the funniest thing. In my hands, I'm actually holding a large, uh, a large squishy twenty-sided die that I could easily just roll on the table here. But oh, yeah, whatever. Well, that's cool. Uh, we are playing for Robin Jensen in mm. the uh, uh, in the. Oh, cool! Very she's cool. a what? A pie maker? She's a card. She's a card maker. Oh, um, a card maker! I was more during, excited uh, when you Tina's said a pie, pie maker. maker. You know, well, yeah. sorry. Um, all during Tina's uh, treatment, radiation, chemotherapy, all that stuff, they, we would get regular cards, handmade cards that they'd use like a, a CNC machine or oh, a, a laser cutter. Yeah, we got some of these too. They are yeah, so yeah. rad. I they hope, really are amazing. Yeah, yeah, Jim and Robin Jensen. So good. Oh, wait, Jim Jensen. Wait a minute. Is Yeah, this is Jim. Jim this is Ida Bloke. Jim's wife. Yes. This is the one we did earlier on TMS. I think he, well, I think he got his name again. It wouldn't be. Well, I got, I got Robin Jensen this time, so oh. it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be fair for me not to do it since we did randomly choose the name. So um, yeah. whatever, they're getting two prize, uh, two prize boxes. Let's do it. Maybe we'll even put them in the same ginormous box. Well, you assume that we're going to get any of your questions right. So. Better oh, shipping true. True rates. All of you could screw this up. Yeah. Yes, being... we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, keep in mind, you guys can all, uh, you know, confer. Don't just throw out an answer, but confer. Okay. Uh, your category is Disney. Disney. Okay. Out of the following list, which of these companies companies is not owned by Disney? Ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Industrial Light and Magic, Hollywood Records, Disney Mobile, or Gonzo? Well, that's a did lot. He, Hold on. Did he sell ILM right. with, with Star Wars? I don't think so. All, Am I'll I wrong? read the list again. ILM, yeah. Industrial Light and Magic, Hollywood Records, Disney Mobile, or Gonzo? Okay. Disney Mobile is not owned by them. Interesting. Really? Yeah. It's a weird... So that's the answer. Then, well, right? no, there's more than one though. How many of them is just which no, of the following? One, one, one of the following is not owned by Disney. I don't right. see. Here's the don't, before we give our answer. I don't know about Gonzo, so that that could be. The yeah, thing. Gonzo is one of those I don't know either. But I, I don't did did the kid ILM when Lucas was doing all that? Well, they own he... Lucas Film, so I would assume so. All right, but that's just the that's just the, that's just the stories, right? Not the. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's an independent organization or not. I, I think it came with the deal, but I could be. I could you're probably. Be you're probably right. It sounds. It sounds probable. Yeah. But okay, you say but Disney Mobile. Which saying, like, it sounds like a trick question. It does. Okay, that's, just, that's why I'm doing I, that. I just want to be clear. Gonzo is the Japanese company that made like Blade and Soul. Hmm. Oh, is it? I that sounds correct. Right. That sounds right. Or sold. Okay. And, sold right. and it's got to be Gonzo. There's no way they're owned by Disney. Oh boy. So do I have a final so, answer? I've heard like eight. All right. <laughs> right. There's um, only four choices, but we got eight answers. If, the, if, 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 I mean, Randy, if you're feeling, I don't know if it's We're the talking same about Gonzo. an animation studio from Japan. But is it I the same? Why would he, but, but I think that's possible. You know, Disney has Japanese properties, but you know, I don't know. Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> defer to Randy on this one. Let's say it's Gonzo. You are correct. It is Gonzo. Oh, well thank the Lord. Good job, well Randy. Done. Good yes, job. That was, uh, you almost steered yourself away from that one, so I'm glad you mentioned it at the beginning and then you kind of steered towards some of the trick What's, questions. Well, yeah. it's like ILM sounds like they might have. <laughs> well, sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, it sounds like the trick answer. 
Right, right, it totally right. does. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why uh, Linky McScotts threw that in there. All right. Uh, all right, so prize number one is, and, and Robin, you're going to have to tell me because I'm not taking it out of the package. It is a uh, an 11 waffle air freshener. It's a Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> Which you can use as deodorant if you. Oh, 11. <laughs> you could. It's car deodorant, basically, is what it is. Um, you'll have to let us know if it actually does smell like maple syrup and waffles. Great. Uh, question number two. In 2002, Disney, uh, a Disney film that featured aliens, medical experimentation, and the voice of Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. Right, name right. It. What? Oh, name the movie? Say it again. Say it again. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I know this. One. What year? Yeah, go ahead. Say, it's say a that, 2002 say Disney film featured aliens, medical experimentation, and the voice oh, of Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. I just saw it. That's this isn't fair. I'm sorry, guys. No, it is fair. It's fine. What is it? What is it? When you have a when you have a seven year old around, (laughs) (laughs) you have to. It's it's got to be Lilo and Stitch. I've not really. Is it okay? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the only Disney. I should have asked you about final answer, but I'm not going to. The only Disney movie I've never seen, the animated film, is is Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Just never got around to it. Stitch is my favorite. uh, My favorite Disney character. Like, and right and here, Kevin McDonald's voice is very, very easy to spot. I've got a little Stitch Sumsum right here. I've got a little Stitch Bobblehead right there. I've got... Uh, and he's the one that does all the... Or whatever voice, like the little exactly. ro- alien. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I've you nailed it. Stitch. Stitch is Yoda <laughs> here on my desk. A teeny tiny... Yep. Nailed it. You might remember last year I had a huge problem with Disney something. Oh, at Nerdtacular, I yeah. had a huge problem with the Disney question. Yeah. So I feel like I'm making up for this right so now. So did Garrett. Yeah. Garrett completely screwed us over yeah. on his, too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Star Wars. Um, and uh, you're going to get a couple of prints, The Day the Earth Stood Still and War of the Worlds. These things are awesome. They're the old old uh, cool. movie like posters. Ones? Sweet. No, they're, they're cardboard. But, uh, oh, still. Once you put them in a frame, doesn't matter what they are. Yeah. Uh, next question, number three. Name all seven dwarves. Okay. Oh God. Blinky. We're always Can, gonna. Am I allowed gonna, to scribble let's... down some notes? Yes. <laughs> I think that would be fair. Inky, okay, Blinky, right. Clyde. Just... Wait, those are Stop ghosts. What? Those Stop are Pac Man no. ghosts. Pac Man. I mean, ghosts. they're mostly they're mostly Violet. body. They're mostly <laughs> body functions, right? They're mostly body. Hold on. Functions okay. like sleepy. Go ahead. Please, right. I want you to I want you to play off of Dunaway's. Uh, I, have, <laughs> please. I have seven ticks here. Okay, so sleepy. We know sleepy. Sleepy. Yes. Yeah. We know happy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. My favorite body function is happy. Uh, <laughs> do we know dopey and sneezy. Dopey. You're both dopey dwarves. and sneezy. Sneezy. Right. Right. Correct. Okay. Grumpy. Three, three Grump, more to go. Grumpy. 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 And there's Doc. Come Doc. on. Doc. And Doc. we this is seventh, right? Yeah. You need grumpy, the seventh. Happy, sleepy, dopey. Uh, bashful. We have bashful. bashful. Is correct. There you go. That is all seven. Uh, Blu-ray copy of the film Quarries, subtitled "They Just Keep Coming." <laughs> wow. Okay. Isn't there an eighth dwarf named Shithead or something? What's the? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yes. Uh, as a group of women embark on a hiking expedition, they become brazenly stalked by a pack of predators, leading to a physical and emotional cat and mouse chase with a uh, with an outcome neither expected. Corey's is the only award-winning independent film from the producer of Final Destination. Wow. There you go. Yeah. It's the only thing the guy who made Final Destination has any <laughs> notoriety for. Right. Those movies right. freaked me out. I miss those movies. Yeah. Yeah. They could bring those back. All right. Uh, number four. Uh, what is one of Olaf the Snowma- Snowman's favorite things? I don't know why you're guessing one of them, but because I only have one answer. This is, this um, is going to be... 
Olaf's Olaf, favorite what things. Is, what is Olaf the snowman's favorite thing? We're going to say it's his favorite thing. Thing. Okay. I mean, it's oh, not wow. sunlight, is it? Is so, it? okay, so we just saw Olaf yesterday in, uh, in trying Macy's to parade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, well, then there's the answer. What do you have? So, so we, we, <laughs> what talked was about, <laughs> we talked about Olaf a lot. A lot and, uh-huh. like, it, I don't know. The funny thing about him is that he likes warmth, but he doesn't know yeah. what warmth is. Yeah, and it melts him, and he yeah. doesn't realize what's happening. Yeah, like what's that song? Uh, was he holding anything? It doesn't. He has a point. Uh, Did he have anything in his hand, like his carrot or anything? Or it's called "In Summer" is the song. That's what it's called. "In Summer." Yeah, he dances around. He's melting. So yeah. So let's say he likes a summer or a summer. He, he likes summer. uh summertime. Uh, let's see. He fi- uh, finally see a summer breeze blow away a winter storm. Gosh, what uh. He does he he names so many things that he likes though like <laughs> just one okay. thing we just need one we just pick need one, one. pick um, apparently the one that uh, Linky McScotts uh, hoped that you would choose <laughs> right <laughs> I I he likes hugs and warmth oh I, <laughs> I think you're right doesn't he like hugs everybody likes hugs that's a safe that, one right is that uh, final answer yeah I'll say hugs yes that is exactly correct he nice likes oh, look at that. well done we are adding. The Star Wars FAQ, everything left to know about the trilogy that changed the movies. This is actually a very surprisingly thick book with a ton, like a ton of information, not a lot of I photos. I like it is surprisingly thick. It is surprisingly <laughs> thick. Holy you crap. Think that, like, you know, a frequently asked questions. No way are all these questions frequently asked. Right. Yeah. But, um, uh, or is, it, whole... is, it, is it big print in pictures? <laughs> That's uh, no, how, it's that's tiny, how I like everything. Very tiny print. Look at that. Like super tiny print. And two, uh, I'm sorry, 391 pages of that tiny print. Wow. Wait, you said yeah. look at that. Oh, you don't that's have like, camera. That's right? like, oh, I'm sorry. I would hold that up and then I stopped. That's no, like I'm, reading No, it. I just mean we don't have your camera so we can't Oh, see. well, the stream does. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I uh, have the stream on and I just realized the answer to these questions have been flowing in the chat. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that's what they do in there, yeah. Yeah, those those uh, those rascally those rabbits. Chatters. Uh, all right, your final question, and uh, again, uh, you, you guys, uh, Disney fans, you should know this. According to the Mad Hatter and the Tea Party guests, how many unbirthdays do you have every year? Three hundred and sixty-four. Right, it's got to be three sixty-four. Right, that's a simple answer. It's got to be three sixty-four. Exactly right? what it is. Three hundred sixty-four. Although, you know, somebody could argue that in leap year, you actually have 365 was... on birthdays, but 364 is the answer we're looking for. And one fourth. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, again, an awesome prize package. This is a mega constructs Star Trek, the next generation Kubros featuring Jean-Luc Picard. This is like, um, you can tell by the size of this box. This is no little mini mates thing. This is a decent <laughs> size Lego style. Everything uh, Ibit has today is large. <laughs> you said it. Mm-hmm. So all of that is going to Robin Jensen. Congratulations. Well done. Nice. All right, let's get to movie clips. Let's all right, clip. I got those. Movie clip. Here are some. How about this one? It's the Southern Charm one from Margot Martindale. Don't drink any whiskey she brings you, because I've seen Justified. All right, here it is. Check it out. Hey, y'all. Sorry we're late. Where is everybody? Nobody called you? Are you shitting me? 
Thelner and Buddy and their whole gang had to go to Houston this morning. Some kind of powwow. Peggy said if he was going, she was going. And I guess all the girls jumped on that. There you go. We didn't get enough of her, but I like her. It was in the glass the whole time. It was in the glass railing. Uh, here's a here's one that just struck a little too real for me. So you'll see why. I captured it. Here you go. About eight years of shit postings. Eight years of working for assholes. Eight years of working for somebody else's bad ideas. Oh, eight well, years. That sounds like Reddit. Yeah. Hold on. Play it again. <laughs> He's describing Reddit. Yeah. Eight years of the shit posting. The history of Reddit. He's describing CSI Miami. Eight years Miami, of shit posting. I, to me, it sounds like a certain presidency. How about oh, eight years of shit posting. Mm, eight years of shit posting. All right. Here's a fake bad accent. So this is that one I was telling you about. Whoops, there it is. Don't lose track of where you stand in the food chain round here. Round here. Oh, yeah, that's totally yes. Southern lawyer. That's really I'm Anthony bad. Hill, Southern lawyer. I may just be a country chicken. He's like that guy in Futurama. <laughs> I love that guy, though. Yeah. Uh, here is uh, Margot Martindale, the last thing you hear from her. Okay, this is the final, final line from the best actress in the movie. It's about Peter. It's about Peter, and that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you can say things like so quickly, by the way, she knew awfully quickly about what had happened to Peter. Yeah. She knew right away. What, how did, what was her info? Where did she have a contact? Uh, I'd, I'd wonder about her. Mm. All right. If she ever, like, uh, if you read the Peter, Peter pumpkin eater thing and you say, what was that about? She'd say, it's about Peter. Okay. And if you said, <laughs> tell uh, me about family guy. What's it's all about, about Peter. Yeah. What's what do I get? If I watch family guy, it's about Peter. Okay. Great. Oh, oh. What if I have too much salt? It's about Peter. Oh, not salt, Peter. Got what's it. this? What's this uh, all male porno thing about? It's about Peter. <laughs> wow! Uh, you made it dirty. You yeah. just had to make it. That's dirty. all right. We had to get there somehow. All right. Conversation rate. What? I don't know what this is here. One point five billion pesos. Jesus! It, it's only only fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Yeah. Why didn't you just start with the dollars then? Because all you did was shock everybody by saying billion or billion or whatever he said. Uh, uh, the sister is terrible. Here she is. Peter is alive now. Peter is my little brother. I'm trying to be smart about this. I've never done this before. She's bad in this, Ibit. She's bad in it. <laughs> oh, she is. That, that line. I, I've never done this before. I've that never cigarette. done this before. Yeah, she's bad. She's all bad. Right. Here's Fumble Fingers Janice. It's mostly sound effects, but here she is. Foley artist, Foley artist clearly was dropping uh, rubber banded pieces of paper for like ten minutes after yep. rubber banded pieces of money would have fallen down. down the only bag. thing that would have made it better is if it was in black and white and it was that part of the infomercial. <laughs> How many times has this happened to you? Totally, dude. All right, here's um. Oh, this is interesting. This is uh. This is uh. Somebody talking to Brian Ibbett on prom night. Uh, probably the dad at the at the door. Okay, so is you yeah. is you coming over again to to see this girl oh, you took out? Sure. This is what the dad said. You want to talk to these ladies? You come back later. There you go. <laughs> wow, man, her dad was a jerk. He really was. Then he said, oh. "There you go. There you go. Oh, well, okay. There you go." I kind of like that guy. <laughs> I kind of like him too. Now you got it. Now uh, put your other foot in front of this foot. <laughs> there you go. 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 How about this one? Shirt and spoon. It was kind of hard to make this out, but it's good. I want my shirt. I want my spoon. What the- 
The end was cutting him off. He doesn't sound like he's standing outside next to a river in the mountains. No. He sounds like he's standing inside by a microphone in a studio. Inside a coffee can. Right, and you can almost hear the air conditioning running. Oh, that was the other thing with Caruso. He was always being overdubbed. He never. It seemed like most of his dialogue was not in the room. It's crazy. Uh, Here's a yelling lady. It's something in Spanish. Maybe Randy can help us because he grew up in the area with a lot of Spanish-speaking individuals and does now today. So, so Randy, help us with this. What'd she say? I have no idea. That's so, that's, it sounds like such gibberish. Is that the woman who yells? I don't know. You're just trying to use me? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the last part sounds like pendejo, which is a pretty nasty thing to call somebody. Which would have been been right on. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. David Morris with his sneaky feet. Hold on. Let's try. I want to hear it one time. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's no, not. it's something close to that though. It's like a something, yeah. something. I put too much cornstarch in my chocolate souffle. Ooh, never do that. Here's something about the wife. I don't know what it is. I said I want to speak with the wife. Asshole. <laughs> Asshole. Asshole. I love it when the word "with" comes out like the word "wis." <laughs> with your wife with your I wife love with. i i kind of want to say it like that yeah now uh, why, why why wasn't that me calling uh for my prom date oh this is good oh yeah i, said, <laughs> I want to speak with the wife asshole. oh that would have been good i should have thought of that here's <laughs> a the, here's a foot a uh, foot getting whacked while it's all bloody it's again just a sound effect but it's so, so gross <laughs> oh can you imagine dude oh. you're torn up yeah. nasty feet getting whacked like I, that I felt I felt that mm-hmm. smack. Don't like yeah. that at all. Here's the scariest line in the film. The scariest line in the entire movie. Here you go. But you're our only chance, Janice. Oh, don't make Janice your only chance. <laughs> you're my only hope. Ugh. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, she's just a money dispenser. Like she goes back wherever, and that's it. Yeah. Like she's she's now providing money, and she has nothing else to do in the movie. Yeah, she uh-huh. was she was weird. All right. Wasn't she supposed to be going back to talk to somebody or something? Something I don't know. I went and watched her that husband. Part. I think, right? Yeah, because mm. you know, because you had to get six hundred k out of him or something. You're not going to be any help here, Janice. Why don't you just go home with your husband? Yeah, go home, Janice. Go home, Janice. Uh, that time Russell Crowe saw me naked. Is this one? That's a ridiculous figure. It is a ridiculous figure. <laughs> wow. Well done. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree, by the way. So save all your emails about people thinking I'm shaming people for getting plastic surgery. I've seen myself in the mirror. I know I could use a few listen talks, okay? I know. Uh, here's a fake shooting thing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Dunaway would laugh at that. Oh, right. That. That's, that's uh, Kessler uh, playing crazy. Hulk gun. Yeah, yes. pretending like he's playing guns. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst, <laughs> worst the gun sound. I love it. It would fully work for the next Uncharted game. So, so a, a POW camp, you always have the one guy who pretends to be crazy, but he's not. Yeah. Don't all the captors know that he's not actually crazy? Well, they're dumb, though. Yeah. They're all actually dumb is the problem. All right. Uh, fake shooting thing. No, I already did that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that yet. Or again. Uh, sorry, this is the, I don't know. I, I wrote, yeah, I'll bet. I don't know what that is. How's my wife? Is she okay? She misses you. Yeah. Oh, I know why. Because you guys are just making <laughs> out. Right. Don't act mm-hmm. like you don't know. She tastes good. Yeah, she <laughs> tastes great. 
She, um, Meg, Meg Ryan's you, Australian for beer. You, you would struggle to say something in that instant, I think. Well, you would, but that's not I, this movie. That's not what this movie is. Is the problem? I, I agree yeah. with you. Like that's a that's a whole other movie where you're dealing with interrelationship issues, not one where you just got rescued right. from a bunch of gorillas in the in the mist. Right. Oh my god! This isn't <laughs> someone to watch over me. Where where the the fact that you're protecting her, but you're also falling in love with her is key. It's like you go four fifths of the movie and then, Oh, you know what? I kind of like her. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to kiss her. Oh, just got her husband back in the space of, yeah. you know, maybe if that was earlier and there was some kind of right. penance exactly. made, I don't know. It was just weird. All right. Final clip. Pissed blood. All right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's the end of that. Let's, uh, let's dive into this now. Cause it's time. The film sack checklist goes like this. Pick the wrong day to have your rabbit top down. Check. Another ah. another rabbit. Mm-hmm. She yeah. hates convertibles. Yeah. But you know what? A convertible in a part of town you know is the barrio and you're going to die. Don't don't have your top down. Well, anyway. I don't think they would have said, "Well, he's got his he's got the top of his car closed. Let's move on to the next guy." Yeah. Right. Good point. <laughs> It, the, those things are impenetrable. Yeah, <laughs> we'll never get him out of there. Uh, movie says proof. Does anyone of, have a sharp fingernail? <laughs> movie says proof of life a whole bunch of times out loud. Check that happened. Yeah, and then, right away, really early on. Yeah, uh, kissing the grieving wife right before the husband gets back. Check. Uh, let's see. Let's do oh Star Trek stuff. Dennis Scott, who was a stunt double for Carlos or uh, played for Carlos. Star Trek Insurrection was a stunt man and a stunt man, as well as construction and safety in Star Trek Generations. 2009 a Star Trek stuntman also. And then there's David Oliver. He was a stand-in for Mr. Crow, played the holographic young man in the episode Cost of Living in TNG. Uh, He's sad. not the one that died. No, no, it? no. The one that died was David Morris's um, uh, double. stand-in double. Yeah. Stand-in. stand-in. Stunt double or something. Was he just a stand-in? He was a, I think it was a stand-in. Wasn't, wasn't he like seeing to a family member who was sick or something, how the story goes? I thought he there. got hit by a Jeep or something is what I saw. Like well, on, yeah. While filming. Right? Oh, you mean David Probably. Morris was out visiting right. somebody? David Morris was, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant this guy died while he was out checking his friend. No, yeah. I, I got, I got what you're saying now. That's how that works. Those, that's always a bummer. I always hate movies where someone died on set. That sucks. Yeah, it's not really worth it, in my opinion. Uh, soundtrack grade. <laughs> I, I'd give it. A, I should, uh, I really shouldn't have died in that movie. I, <laughs> I give it. I give it an F for fine. I didn't really feel like Danny Elfman did it. It was fine, but it didn't feel like Danny Elfman to me. Oh, I thought I thought he was channeling uh, Commando's music that that opening scene a little bit that flute, that flute music. Mm-hmm. What, are, what is that exactly? That jungle flute music fife, they play, uh, yeah, a little fife yeah. thing they do. Mm-hmm. I could never be a, a person who plays a flute because you'd be known as a flautist, and I hate that term. <laughs> it's better than being known as a pianist. Yeah, that's right. true. That's true. Close. A flautist and a pianist walk into a bar. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, just don't. Just I'll don't. Take a ist. pina colada and a flauta. <laughs> Nice. You had actual drinks in mind. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, a flauta is not a drink. Oh, what's a flauta? Is that a? F- it's a little meat flute. It's a little, little, it's <laughs> oh a little food. It's a food. It's a deep fried roll. A little meat of, uh, flute. Meat and a corn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, meat flute. Yeah, that was my wrestling name in high school. Is meat flute. Meat flute. Oh, jeez. Well done, everybody. Uh, Twitter post. This is where in up to 180 characters or less, you guys get to sum this damn movie up. Let's start with Randy. Proof of life. David Morris gets captured and tortured, only you won't care. 
Russell Crowe falls in love, only you won't care. Meg Ryan is distraught, only blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. See, for a guy who liked this movie, I, you, this is your thing at the end. It doesn't sound like you liked it very much. Uh, Brian Dunaway. Proof of life, like day 44. I want my shirt. I want my spoon. Also, you do not want to go into the jungle with the Blue Man Group. Thank you very much, no. <laughs> no, you don't. That's yeah. a that's a universal. So those guys were truth. so blue. They were. They I were. think they were supposed to be muddy, but they liked the Blue Man Group to me. They looked like they should have been, uh, you know, in in the in the museum, like in the Hall of Concrete. <laughs> right. like, that's where they could have blended in. It's like, wow, right. look at all these trees and those weird concrete looking people. Yeah, yeah. I'm still, I felt like they really had their crap together when I when he, when he first got kidnapped. I'm like, oh, these guys are pros. These yeah. guys are great. Yeah. 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 See, now actually, that's one of my problems with the movie. They I meant to say this earlier, but they. They give. They want us to be empathetic to them a little bit, so that mm -hmm. we can see that they're young and inexperienced, and they're sort of forced into this life, and they didn't really have a choice, and they're uneducated, and 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 they really don't mean that much harm. They just need to get, you know, they got to get paid and live and survive, and this is all they know, kind of thing. And then mm -hmm. later, they just come in with guns blazing and kill all of them, put a knife right in the neck of one of them, just brrrr. like that. It all seemed a little brutal to me, but. <laughs> This, yeah, they, this they chose sides in a war, mm. which is, I guess, something that makes sense in the context of the film. Mm. But like I said in my opening, like it's pretty horrible. Like they, if if this was an option, why didn't they just do it originally? And yeah. just go in and kill everybody. Yeah. Plus, I don't know how he has the right to do it because again, yeah. he's not really working for the company. He's not contracted currently. Like, is right. he just a killer then? Now, like, who do know. you think you are? You have no rights here. There's no like war. Justification. Oh, protection, sure, right. He's just like, he's just Russell Crowe at this point. He's Russell right. Crowe with a gun, and uh, well, I was I, I shot a few people, but I was doing it to get this guy back. Yeah, that's right. He went in there with a little bit of Meg Ryan DNA, though, just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, also, what else? Oh, Brian Ibbett. Proof of life: the story of a woman who's just not sure she wants to be in a long distance relationship. That's <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ah, pretty Love good. It. That's, that's a good. That's, that's a good affirmation of that. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, look at these right here. I have alternate titles. That's right, everybody. Alternate titles just handed with me to me a beautiful mine. You know, like one that would blow oh, up. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. pretty good. And then gladinociator. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple. Negotiation. I was reaching, but good. Glad yeah, you all done. Okay. Gladinociator. Do that. I had a couple. Uh, oof, kissed wife. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, you made me come up with a dirt. Well, during this episode, you made me come up with proof of ripe. Oh, yeah. Ripe. It is very proof of ripe. <laughs> well, well done. Uh, so there you go. Uh, those are your alternate titles. We have emails as well. These come in to us at filmsack at gmail.com. First one from Chris with a K says, Hi, guys. Just finished listening to the License to Drive episode. Coming from the other side of the pond, it can be quite funny listening to the show. But this one was making me chuckle. Over here, at least in southern England, Corey is a slang name for your junk. So listening to you guys go on about, well, Corey this and well, Corey that. <laughs> and uh, the two Coreys. <laughs> he says, uh, took, a, <laughs> took a very different direction for me, especially three quarters of the way through when you started talking about girls liking on types of Coreys and liking on another type of Corey. Uh, he says it's a bit childish, but I know, uh, but just know it was making me smile. Keep up the good work, Chris. So there One Corey is always more prominent than the other. Yeah. <laughs> you never want two Corys to get in a sword fight. You know what I mean? Corey loves Chachi. Jeff uh, Litchie wrote in, says, howdy, Sackers. I just listened to the License to Drive episode. Randy identified a trope of the free-range children movie trope. 
Wasn't that pretty much all of the 80s in cinema for kids? The Last Dragon, The Karate Kid, Goonies, Porkies. Eh, I don't mm-hmm. know about Porkies. They were college kids in Porkies. Yeah, college kids. They were supposed to be there. But yeah, I, I, school, I, I get what you're kids. going. Oh, were they yeah, high school kids? Going, too, young, too young to drink, right? Uh, too young to drink. Yeah. Yeah. The youngest were because, uh, what, did you have to be 21 at that point? So, I mean, they could still be in college, but too young, young to drink. But also not. back then, nobody was 14, 15, 16 in these movies. They were all 28 playing 15. Well, right, of course. And that always threw me for that movie. So I always thought it was college, but I guess you're right. Anyway, it says, I often relate to my wife uh, that, or sorry, to my wife. What? I often relate to my wife that growing up in Wyoming, I had the freedom to do a lot. I could see many of these moments, minus the pithy lines in Heather Graham happening in my hometown. (laughs) Nobody has Heather Graham in their own town. Uh, Says, now can't say it would have been uh, done sober. We might have to put somebody in a trunk to sneak into a (laughs) drive-in to watch this kind of movie. Thanks, guys. Keep up sacking, Jeff. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've often thought about this, like, I feel like growing up, I could kind of come and go and do and be wherever I wanted. We were latchkey kids, and primarily because we were, at least our age group, uh, our moms were going to work and no place to leave the kids after school, so good luck, kids. And they seemed less worried about it. We didn't have phones, so there was no excuse there. Like We're pretty latchkey here in terms of we trust the kids to go and do and stuff, but we Mm -hmm. also have these rules like, all right, call me by nine so I know where you're at, or be home by midnight, or you know. Man, you could you can leave school and go home and get way more trouble on the internet than we ever could because there was no internet. We, if you wanted to find trouble, you had to go find it. Yeah, you had to go find mm-hmm. a snake, then put it in the girl's car, then shut the door. Like there was a lot more work involved. Now you just go search for big boobs and you're done. <laughs> big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Whatever your thing is. Anyway, thank you, Jeff, for your email, and Chris for your email, and thank you, everyone who emails us. You can send more emails to us at filmsack at gmail.com. It's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks. Yes. We're going to watch we another next, movie. Oh, what's next our week? next movie? I have no idea. We're going to watch The Void. After so many people have asked us to watch The Void, we're going to watch The Void, guys. It's the streaming Void. on Netflix. It's I've never even heard of The Void. Practically new. It's only been out for like a year and a half. Uh, it's it's a crazy movie about something really supernatural. And, I've skimmed uh, it. It looks pretty good. I've skimmed right. it. All okay. right. Okay. I'm in. Uh, it's from the producer, executive producer of The Witch, which scared the hell out of me. Yeah. So I'll watch The Void. This is not to be confused with the cool VR place that's like here in Pleasant Grove, Utah. That's yeah. All the rage. Right. Or the or that thing in the toilet you just laid is. Nothing yeah. to do with none of that. No, none of that. <laughs> Not my my Thanksgiving void that I created or today. Or the, the thing that uh, made sure your pizzas were on time at Domino's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, avoid, uh, the, avoid void. the void. Avoid the void. Annoyed the void. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that looks like right up our alley. I'm stoked about that one. Um, come on back for that. That's the void. Next time, right here on Film Sack, go buy your crystal body deodorant and be ready with the rest of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, bring the funk. Bring the noise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, Let's see what else. Filmsack.com is our website. You can go there and do stuff and be there. Uh, You can leave us voicemails or uh, voicemails and emails at filmsack at gmail.com. And you can send us stuff on Twitter at Filmsack. We are all over the place in terms of where you can find us, iTunes, Google Play, and more. So if you have not reviewed us in those places, please do. It helps in meaningful ways. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. That's me. We'll see you next time.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.